Hey, you guys, let's do this. It's gonna be so professional. Okay. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Lab Support Podcast with your host, Michelle Anderson and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and whining roads. I hope you're ready. Kid set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends too. Oh, so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go, sing with me. I'm my support, board, board. With Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, ball, ball. With June, who's really tall. They have fun, fun, fun. Interviewing comedians. I'm my support, board, board. With Michelle, who's really short. Support podcast brought to you by the Hot Bread Comedy Welcome to the Lab Support Podcast, the award-winning <laughs> podcast. I'm your Woo! host, June Colson, here with Michelle with one L with a happy face behind her, Van Dusen. Michelle, what happened to the help wanted sign? Oh, it's still there. <laughs> Well, did you get some help? Like, do you flip it to the happy face when you get help and then it goes to help wanted when you don't? Well, I put it to the happy face because I am so happy of who we have on our show today. And oh. that's why I was like, he just makes me smile all the time. And so that's why happy face. Oh, my you know, goodness. not everybody can have a really cool sweatshirt like you. So oh, whatever. that's right. Yeah, we're going to talk about this in a minute. But first, just just before we came on here, Michelle, yeah. I, uh, I, I just want to talk. I took a few notes about uh, the story that you were just telling me about your son. And let's just say you started out with my son pulled an all nighter at the Waffle House <laughs> for yeah. a and I quote fundraiser. <laughs> OK, I you know, yeah. I'm a boy mom as well. And I don't know that if my son was out all night at the Waffle House, I would believe him that it was a fundraiser. Um, so I'm not even sure where that came from. Then you said there was a random car in front of your house with Texas plates on it. Mm -hmm. And you assumed that it was for someone else. And you went on in your house, but the car never moved. Now, when I was in Texas with you, every time we went to my car... You walked around it and you checked underneath it to make sure that it wasn't like that there wasn't somebody bad in the back seat or that there was a bomb or a booby trap or something. I don't know why you think I have those kind of enemies like the Kentucky Mafia. But but then in your own home, a car with Texas plates doesn't move from in front of your house and has a human in it. There's a person sitting in the car and you just ignore that. But you check for bombs under my car. Right. Right. What, what, please explain to me what, what your line of thought was there. Okay. So um, the all-nighter at Waffle House uh, is a legit thing, was a legit thing. I was just so mad at him for not telling us because I'm like, we like waffles. Um, so my son is going to be going to Uganda um, in uh, May, in May for um, like a month or whatever, a month in May, he's going to Uganda for missions. And so the all-nighter was because another uh, couple of people that are on his team was doing a fundraiser where if, you know, when you buy your waffles and your whatever you're getting that day, um, part a portion of the receipt uh, will go to the, the missions group. Nice. And so that's, yeah. So our son, he's been, um, he, he sells his banana bread. So he, he does bread, mission bread is what he's calling it, but it's banana bread. 
And so he sells his loaves um, for like five bucks. So he brought some of those with, not enough, but it was, it was for those other teammates. And so, so he, he was just trying stayed. to sell banana bread at the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, actually what it was, was some of the people that were on the, and then they were all having their fundraiser there. So he brought a couple loaves for just them and then um, went on from there. Anyway, so that was the all-nighter. Yes. Now, because he's he's in college and he um, he has a lot of friends in college. And so he finished uh, some courses. And you know how you have used books and then, you know, yes. you, you pass those down or you sell them, whatever. So he had some books that he was going to be giving or selling. I'm not sure what the transaction was, but it was to another student. And that's who was sitting in front of our house. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until like two hours later when I came back into the living or whatever, and I looked, I thought the books were still here. And, and my son, because he did the all nighter, he was passed, he was sleeping, not passed out. He was sleeping on the couch. So I woke him up and said, Hey, um, did your friend ever stop by? Is he from Texas? Does right. he have a red car? And, um, so I asked him all those questions and, and he's like, what? And, um, so you knew all the so you knew all the details about the vehicle. You knew that there was a man in the vehicle. You knew it was a red car. And you knew it had Texas license plate. So had it been a murderer, <laughs> and they killed you, you could have really shared all of that information with um, the detective trying to solve your yes, because I would have been dead, and they would have immediately known because I knew all the information. They would have like put a little you know wire yeah. in the head, yeah, because yeah. if it was my there murder, you. yes, that's that, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Listen, okay, so our guest today. Um, there's, uh, there's actually an interrogation that I'm going to ask him about speaking of murders. There's an Ooh. interrogation that I'm going to ask him about here in just a little bit when we get him on, but Michelle, why don't you go ahead and tell us why you have that happy face up? Who is our amazing guest today? Okay. So our guest today is an improv standup and a sketch comedian from Arizona. His dry bar special is scheduled to be released in 2022. Oh, this year, sometime this year, hopefully soon. And his first sketch album, Secret Asian Man, is available now. So let's welcome our funny, funny friend, Brian Kahatsu. Thank you. That was right. Yep, that's our sound right. effects. Woohoo! Sorry, I'm tired. I just picked up my son <laughs> from the airport. He was in uh, Uganda at a Waffle House. And um, <laughs> yeah. there's a. It was a long, it was a long ordeal. Anyways, I don't want to, this guy was supposed to pick him up in a Corvette, red Corvette or something. I don't remember, I don't know all the Texas, details. I was half asleep when he plates. pulled up. Maybe he had Texas plates on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they drove all the way to Uganda. That's the problem. So it's a long, I don't mm. know if you've made that drive. It's horrible. Yeah. It's a little rocky. It's a little rocky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian Kahatsu, she just said it. You're you're a little bit of everything, um, improv and stand up and sketch and and all of those fantastic things. Um, Michelle and I both know you from the Christian Comedy Association. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, we just think you're absolutely fantastic, and we just want to jump in there and and find out. So when you first started doing any of those, really the sketch, the the stand up comedy, you know, whatever. Um, who who did you have in your life? Who was your laugh support? Who were the people who kind of helped you get started and support you along the way? Uh, early on, I'll go back a little bit further before that, though. My dad was always like very like, you should be a clown. That's what he used to say to me all the time, <laughs> <clears throat> which is weird because my Japanese father, I just assumed he was always like about, you know, 
work and do good work and mm -hmm. work some more. He was a farmer, so it was always get up early and work. But he was always saying, you should be a clown. You should be a clown. You should be a clown. I'm like, sure, 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 whatever. Years later, I didn't start my comedy adventure until um, I started doing radio, which was, I was in my 30s by then. But um, when I did finally start doing stuff, um, there was a buddy of mine uh, named John Mills, who is uh, currently he works for the TV show uh, NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles. Yeah. He uh, works on that show, so I don't see him as much. But he used to do improv with National Lampoon when he was in his 20s. And um, there was some some couple of audition things came up, and he pushed me. He's like, you should go do this. And I wasn't a performer at all. So he encouraged me. But the main thing he said for improv was I went to an audition for an improv troupe, the first improv troupe I was ever in. And he was very adamant. He said, just commit to your character. That's all you have to do for improv. And I said, okay. He said, just commit. That's it. So um that's what i did i went john was very from from the get-go and he wasn't even living here at the time anymore so there was just kind of this uh, quick phone call like what do i do in an audition he's like so um so he's been super supportive um from a long distance over the years now so but that's when i got started was john like i said he's still super supportive and then i have a bunch of crazy people like you guys now that uh <laughs> <laughs> that are in my my huge web of support network of support and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, but was I supposed to say my wife? I think I'm supposed to say, yeah, my go, wife ahead and say that. go ahead go ahead and say your wife, go ahead and tell <laughs> us how amazing and supportive she is. When my wife found out what I was doing, she goes, and who would be your life support? And I said, of course you <laughs> Now, my wife, I've known my wife for super longer than most people should uh, ever know anybody. Um, I've known my wife since we were seven. So wow. we were, we're in our fifties now. So that's a long time to fake laughing at somebody. So, um, but she does it. She stays with it. The eye rolling. I know her eyes are starting to get tired, but um, no, she's a hundred percent behind anything. Cause she didn't marry anybody who wanted to be a comedian. She ended mm. up with somebody who ended up wanting to be a comedian. Mm. So she's very patient, but she's great. How did that, uh, how did that transition go? Because my, I mean, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. kind of the same situation, you know, I, I came to my husband almost, you know, like I was coming out of the closet. I was like, I gotta tell you something and please don't think less of me. And this is, you know, like I, it was, it was difficult because my, my husband is very, um, well, he was the fire chief at the time. Right. So right. everything was very straight and organized and had to make sense and had to make a profit. And, and then I'm like, Hey, Jesus said, uh, I should be really funny, babe. This is what I'm going to do. So how was your transition when you, you brought this to your wife? Um, I mean, we're super supportive all the time of each other in anything that we do. And it kind of goes back to what my friend John said in terms of, you know, commit to the character, mm -hmm. but make commitments and keep your commitments. Um, so when we first got married, my wife was a, um, again, we went through school together, but she, um, she decided after graduating, we got married right after she graduated college. And then she decided to become a professional golfer and she had never really golfed before. So this is all in <laughs> Wait, my set. What? Yeah. <laughs> so she played, she played basketball on scholarship <clears throat> and then graduated and then still wanted to do something athletic. And there was no. There was no WNBA. There was nothing at that time. So she decided to become a professional golfer and wow. she had never really played before. She played kind of a couple times, whatever. So she got good enough in a year and then she ended up turning pro. So wow. I, during that time period, was very supportive. <laughs> so yes. you could call it payback, June. 
that's yeah, the word yeah. you're looking for. Um, but she, yeah, she was on the road for like 12 years. So very supportive. And we didn't have kids until, um, until after she got off tour. So then this next phase hit. Um, yeah, it just naturally happened. She was all for it. Um, cause it was just, I always worked a lot of hours anyways. I have a production company, um, and I've done that for 30 plus years. But so when I segued into this, it was kind of like a little bit of a time. I did a radio show and from the radio show, then I got into improv. And then, so that time I was using for those other things got replaced. So I wasn't taking any more time, but the number one rule she gave me was, cause the kids were little at that point was, um, I think it was after the first year of doing comedy. She basically said no more shows during the week. If you're not getting paid, cause that's time, mm. time you can be home with the kids. Uh, which really pushed me to go, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to get paid gigs, you know? <laughs> right. I don't want to so, spend more time with the kids. I just need money. If I want to get out of this house. money. <laughs> right. So if the kids drive me crazy, I better have a gig that pays to go to. So, um, which ended up, you know, so then it's just weekends at that point. I kind of stopped doing open mics and some of the open mics here would pay five, 10 bucks, whatever gas money. But um, so that kind of set that in motion. But I think that pushed me a little bit harder. My early years of comedy uh, without her realizing it to, to, to get more paid gigs if I wanted to keep doing it and really kind of be serious about it. So, you know, cause what, what, other than that, it's just, I'm a dad with my family at home and my kids waiting for me and I'm hanging out at these horrible bar shows, you know, with, you know, you know, comics can be different people. Yes. Yeah. When you're hanging absolutely. out with them. So, um, yeah, but she's super supportive. Absolutely. Mm. Michelle, now, I she's, love going back, she's going back on tour now. She just now she's old enough to qualify for the senior tour, so ah. she's been going out more. So now the kids are old enough; they they can take care of themselves. <laughs> have you have you ever paired like where she's golfing with comedy shows for you, so that way you're traveling at the same time, same place? Um, did a fundraiser once together where she played, and then I did the you know afterwards, um, basically hosted the event with the giveaways and all that. Um, we used to in the past, actually, we're trying to set up something coming up this summer where she's got an event coming up uh, in Washington. So we're trying to get a, a show going up there. So nice. That's nice. Make some yeah. money on the trip. Very cool. See, yeah. golfers, golfers don't make any money unless <laughs> they, they, you know, finish in the money. Ooh, so it's yeah. like, not like a professional basketball mm. player that just makes money even if, even if he misses every free throw and every shot he takes. Um, it's like with tennis and golf, you have to place in the money or you don't get any money. So mm, mm. there's a lot of pressure ah, on them to do, yeah, to do well. That's so. why the, that's why comedians we get paid beforehand. You know, mm -hmm. you get that check before you go on stage. Because if I do miss every shot and every free throw <laughs> and I don't score at all, I still yeah. got the check. I may not ever be invited to that game again. Dollar a laugh. Get the money and I'm running. So okay, so when um, so when you got uh into comedy or improv you know improv you said uh, commit to the character uh, mm -hmm. was a piece of advice that you've carried on what about stand-up is there anything that that anybody has shared with you as far as stand-up goes that you still to this day um that's that's something that's just concrete that you stick to that piece of advice to be honest it's the same piece of advice which i mm -hmm. learned later on in improv but basically you have to commit not just to the character and, and it, to a degree, we're all a little bit of a character of ourselves mm -hmm. on stage. Some people are more so of a character on stage, but it's a little bit, it's not, you know, well, I mean, we do know comics who are on all the time, yes, um, yeah. but so that little <laughs> bit of character that you are on stage, you got to commit to being that person. But basically to me, it's a commitment to the joke that you're telling 
Um, you have to commit to it in a way that you believe it's the funniest joke ever being told. And again, this is something I learned in improv. If you don't sell it like it's the funniest thing ever, the audience is not going to believe that it's the funniest thing ever. They're just going to roll their eyes too and go, well, you know, if you, if you, if you halfway do the joke, they're going to go, well, he doesn't believe the joke's funny. So why should right. we? So um, that 100% commitment has to be in everything that you're doing, how you tell the joke, how you're going to present it to the audience, 100% giving to the audience of everything that you have, because hopefully they're giving you hundred percent. So as long as everybody's trying to give hundred percent, I think that's right. So it's commit, really commit to the process all the way, commit to the joke, commit to that punchline, commit to the, the act out, commit to, you got to commit you guys. Somebody's somebody, you guys have seen my wham joke, right? Have you yes. seen that? Have yes. you ever done the wham no, joke? go ahead and share a little bit with our um, listeners. So basically the joke is that I go to a wham concert. But this is after George Michael has passed away. <clears throat> and so it's only Andrew Ridgely only does the parts of his song. So it's basically me, me just doing wake me up before you go, go with just the backgrounds <laughs> and then dancing around. So it's just, you know, bang, bang. <laughs> That's it. So but this goes on for a while while I'm dancing. So if you don't, and I'm, this, I'm saying commit and I'm in a chair and I can't really do the whole thing, right. but. If if I if I fail on any part of that, it doesn't go over. The joke goes over well because I'm 100% committed to dancing on stage and singing the background lyrics. So that's a perfect example of commit to it. Because if I don't, it's flat. It's not going to go. Even mm -hmm. that's a joke too. I can win over people who don't know who Wham is, which is probably <laughs> nowadays getting more toward half the audience. But even when they're younger, they laugh because they get the premise. At least it's only one half of a duo when it's this. But so, yeah, that was, I think, the first joke I learned. You must commit to this or else you will fail miserably. Mm. Yeah, especially so anything funny. with an act out. I, I you know, I, I had um, starting out, I had this cheerleader bit that I did and and I was very timid about it. Like I didn't want to go too much into the moves or the, you know, the voice or whatever, because it just felt weird and awkward. But then yeah. I knew it was funny. I knew yeah. it was funny. And and um I, I believe another comedian was like, you just got to go all in with it, you know? And when mm -hmm. I did finally just like let loose and do it, it was, uh, it was funny. Everybody was along for the ride, but you're right. If you don't believe it, then, you know, how's somebody else going to believe it? I mean, Michelle, Michelle is, you know, Michelle's laid on the uh, stage and rolled around and basically <laughs> buffed it with her belly. And <laughs> yeah. that's, that's commitment, right, Michelle? <laughs> or insanity. It's, it's one of the two. <laughs> Yeah, now, I don't do that anymore. That I was younger, and uh, I could get up a little easier. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, so so, it better be funny so that they laugh longer, so you can get up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, it was it was a whole lazy Susan thing. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. that's more me now. So in improv, you gotta have some. You gotta have support. You know, as far as like. Yeah, everybody's got to be sold on it, right? Everybody's got to be kind of on the same page and that kind of deal. Um, but as far as stand up goes, you know, because you kind of come with your you kind of come with your crew and your support when it comes to that. Um, what is your experience with stand up? I know Michelle and I obviously we're each other's life support. We're there mm -hmm. for each other. Um, and we find that important. Do you do you think in stand up it's just as important or not at all to have a support system around you. It's a different type of support system versus improv. 
improv you're in the moment on stage together all the time so you definitely have to make each other look better and that's the whole key to improv is it's not about you it's about making your scene partner look good whereas stand-up right it's all about you at times but it can be that can be a bit much if you get you know i don't know i i wrote the greatest joke ever i'm the best comic ever you know you need people in your life who are going to say that wasn't as good as you thought it was you know and then look <laughs> back at tape and go oh you were right um so yeah, uh, definitely between standups, I know like the most support I get from standup is the everyone I came up with that is mm. still doing comic comedy. Even if we don't see each other, we still text, email. We're in constant contact with each other and uh, and do kind of um, you know share our victories and our losses and our woes and everything else with each other. And we're definitely um, even even some of these guys I haven't seen. I saw a guy the other night I haven't seen in nine years. And I was happy wow. to see him and he did mm. great and told him afterward, that was great. It's so good to see you. And you're still doing it. And you're still, you know, um, so that's, that's nice. Um, but out of that main crew, like I, Mike James, a comedian, Mike James, we travel mm. all the time um, and we support each other constantly in everything that we do. Um, it's just, uh, it's just nice to have that person where, you know, if you're struggling, although all the different struggles that come up while you're doing comedy, these are comedy problems. I'm talking about like, Ooh, I can't get this premise to work or the punchline's not working. And then at least you have somebody to, to lean on, not that you're asking them to fix the joke or anything else, but you kind of start talking through it. Maybe you see it from somebody else's eyes, mm -hmm. why the audience isn't seeing it the way you're seeing it. Um, but also like for us, like on the road, I mean, it's just more than that in terms of just um, accountability to each other when we're on the road. I mean, cause again, the, the road you're out there and you know some of these places are weird <laughs> just yeah to stay safe and everything else so yeah no support on so many levels i think uh, is super important so every comic should have at least at least one person if not a network of people you know so that's why cca is so great i mean i know so many people now across the country if i'm by myself i can actually find somebody you know in town or something yeah michelle it may as far as safety goes, would you be willing to, um, you know, travel and just make sure that there's no, no suspicious activity around Brian's vehicle? Would you do that? Would you check for strange people with Texas plates outside, you know, the hotel or, or, or what? No, no, not, not for Brian. Cause uh, he's a man. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That's, that's, a, that's a female thing. If he wants to blow bombs, up, that's I bring myself. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Check no, I, I like I like that you said uh, accountability on the road. So like, you know, you and Mike travel together for accountability. But at the same time, like your wife at the very beginning, she also held you accountable because she mm -hmm. was like, hey, no paid gigs. You know, you can't leave the kids here. You know, and yeah. I just I thought that was really neat and um, such a good uh, character on you and your your whole family, you and your wife that our family is first. And yeah. then while you are traveling here, you have another strong, uh, godly man to keep you accountable. And I, I love that, um, that you're not out there just out and alone. And so what I'm hearing is it's really important that we all build a good community that strengthens us. Cause, <laughs> cause yeah, you're right. There are some shows, there are some clubs that mm, it's a little seedy. It's a little yeah. seedy, but if you're, if you're with your buddy, it's fine. It's fine then. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's not <laughs> recently mike and i were up in uh i don't say the town anyway you're out of state <laughs> and we had some we had like two nights of fantastic shows on the third night we were in a different city and i mean the minute he had been there before i had not so we were together on this and we got there and he says uh 
you know, do you want to, I was selling merch, which June is wearing. Um, I was, uh, I told him, I said, I am not selling merch here because as soon as we're done, we're leaving. <laughs> I mean, it was, <laughs> it was shady. It was just like, let's get in and get out. It's, I mean, mm -hmm. immediately it was like, good night. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we made that judgment that. call together. <laughs> yes. I will say this, this is hilarious. And a side sidebar to everything. This place was not the greatest place on the earth. Um, it's funny. We had great gig, great gig. And then this like just added on gig. And it was kind of just like this bar with um, uh, pool tables, etc. At one point, Mike comes, comes, goes to the bathroom, comes back and says, have you been in the restroom yet? And I said, no. He says, you need to go. I said, okay, I'm not kidding you. When you walk in, it's really well lit. It's extremely clean. It's like you walked into <laughs> some parallel universe, almost like heaven, because it was so bright and everything was white. And it was like, and then as soon as you open the door, walk back out, digi bar. <laughs> like, all right, should we hang out in the bathroom? It seems safer in there. So I, I think it's that the lighting is for the cameras. I think that's what that's exactly. happening in that. Yeah. I, yes, I would not doubt. Oh, geez. Oh, that would be awful. That would be... Michelle, the person running the show was out of the matrix. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Um, oh now, goodness. I have another question. Um, do you find because you started uh, through radio and then improv that when you do your stand up and um, do you find that you're doing more characters when you're doing your stand up? Um, hmm. No, <laughs> I think <laughs> yes and no. Like radio was a lot for me. Radio was a lot of me doing a lot of my different voices and things. That's how that mm -hmm. came along. It's the reason I was my friend picked me originally to be on the show because I did a lot of impressions and things. But and then improv allowed for a lot of. I mean, it's all character and improv. But when I started doing stand up, I mean, a lot of my sets about my family. So, but there's still some character stuff in there. Obviously, uh, there's some big big pieces that I do that are character driven. But I try to mix it up a little bit. Um, a lot of the impressions I used to do, nobody cares about anymore. So, uh, uh, times move on. You got to learn new, it's funny because nobody knows the same things anymore. So if you pick a specific character to a show, not everybody's watching the same thing anymore. Netflix, right. everybody's watching what they want to watch regular television. If anybody's watching regular television, there's other shows, but half the time people say, do you watch whatever? I say, no. And I'll say, do you watch whatever? And they say, no. So to try to do any voices or characters based on an actual thing. Mm -hmm. That's a little rough yeah. uh, anymore, I think, as time goes on. Unless, because how many times, I mean, we're all sick of Christopher Walken and Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions, because mm -hmm. those seem to be the only two people left on the planet that everybody knows. So, yes. Um, yeah. What about Burt Reynolds, though? Burt's, he, he's a good one. Yeah. Good old yeah. Burt Reynolds. Burt's gone. <laughs> Burt's gone. The Trans Am's, Trans Am's coming back, which is good. Um, but yeah, I still enjoy my Burt. Burt Reynolds, I did this, that little bit, Burt Reynolds Celebrity Crank Call. I did that on the first radio show I ever did. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of caught wildfire a little bit. And then uh, when I went to all comedy radio, they were familiar with the bit when I went there, which was nice. That kind of got me in the door before I got me in the door. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm sentimental about Bert. Oh my goodness. Well, that's uh, so let, let's talk about that a little bit. So secret Asian man, it is a um, sketch album, right? That uh, Brian got to put together secret Asian man. The name is fantastic, which is also the name of your dry bar. Is that correct? 
No. Oh no. Okay. What's what's no. the name of the dry bar my, when it comes? My out? dry bar will be called when it comes out eventually. I hope it will be called um, Japanese bedtime story. Japanese. Ooh. Okay. So so. Yeah. Then that refers to my hoodie, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. All right. So the Japanese bedtime story, guys. Now, Brian, can they can they buy this on your website? This sweatshirt is it That's available? That's on my website. Yep. Okay. Yep. So and All and your and the website is BrianKohatsu.com. <laughs> and for those of you guys uh, watching, it's space. scrolling at the bottom of the screen, but it's Brian Kahatsu. Kahatsu is spelled K-O-H-A-T-S-U. traditional spelling. Yes, the traditional spelling of kahatsu. Um, and, I, and I tell you, on the side, um, there is uh, there's some Japanese writing. It, uh, mm -hmm. It's specifically your name um, on there. Name, yeah. Oh, oh, your name. That's, oh, Brian, that's, that's what you meant. I thought you meant it was my name. I thought it was oh, no. customized just for me. <laughs> It's just June Colson in Japanese. <laughs> it's just June Colson. And no, and actually it's, uh, so, um, so you have this image of a dragon and um, three amazing pigs at the bottom. By the way, Michelle, thanks for asking. The the pig that my family lost has been found. So he did come back oh, from good. the market. He did wee, wee, wee all the way home. So actually I think it's a girl. But anyway, back to Brian to call to our guest. All right. So you can get this sweatshirt on his website. And the name of his uh, dry bar when it comes out, be watching for it, is the uh, Japanese bedtime stories. This uh, this hoodie is like my favorite hoodie ever. So y'all just check it out. It's it's super cool. The characters are are really awesome on it. But back to the um, sketch album as well. So uh, yes. there's some friends, some friends of ours. So that's one place you've been able to use your characters. We have friends of ours that's on there. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so Rhonda Corey, we know Rhonda Corey's on there and Mike James is on there. And I, I wrote down a few of my favorites. Okay. Um, so Billy's Boulevard. Uh-huh. Y'all, y'all, y'all have to listen to that. Just the very first uh, encounter Billy has with the waitress. That just absolutely cracked me up. Um, Home of the Hawks, uh, the national anthem on Home of the Hawks is oh, beautiful. Really? You got to listen to the national anthem on that. Well, um, thank you for liking Home of the Hawks. I love Home of the that, Hawks. That was up for debate in the house. <laughs> I love Home of the Hawks. Just the national anthem itself brought it Just home So you know, me. real quick on that, June, that was the first sketch I did because it didn't require anybody else. So I did that one first. And because it was the first one, I wasn't really being ultra critical about editing. Yes. And so my son listened to it and he goes, huh, okay. And no real reaction, right? Then my daughter came home and my wife was home and they listened to it. And my daughter's reaction to that one was because they don't understand sketch for audio only, you know, like the old. Yes. Yes. This type of album. Anyways, my daughter says, is this supposed to be funny? So it, it just cracked me up. <laughs> Anyways, that one, it's original to what you're hearing now has been chopped up to the point. And then at the. 11th hour, I literally added a couple things to make it what it is now. So yes. I'm glad somebody likes it. No, I loved it. I loved it. Alphabet Soup, Ronald Corey is featured on that. Um, Ron is all over that one. Tribute to Jack Black. Um, just That just makes my heart happy because he's one of my favorite people on the planet. But my real question was the um, the interrogation of Denise. Um, interrogation of Denise. The, would there be a character in that that maybe you based off of a, a christian comedian with a southern accent that um seemed capable of murder would there have been maybe brian i just felt i felt something when i was Did listening to the interrogation of Denise. was it because the impression was dead on 
eventually, <laughs> it's just a, it's a voice I've heard before. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe. You don't know, June. We may never know. That's a mystery in itself. It is a mystery so. in itself. Well, it's no mystery that uh, Brian Kuhatsu, you have been an amazing guest today. Again, if you want to find Brian Kuhatsu, 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 I just pulled him a shell. She messes up people's names. <gasps> Brian Kuhatsu. I've never said his name wrong. Um, maybe it's, you know, I'm still, still rattled now. by Denise. Maybe that's what it is. It's www.brianKuhatsu. That's K-O-H-A-T-S-U dot com kahatsu comedy facebook you can find him there instagram brian kahatsu so yeah go check out brian kahatsu he is pretty wicked awesome and if you want to watch this if you're listening to us because you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts um you can also see us if you would like and see this amazing sweatshirt on the creative motion network and we are also and that's on roku tv we are also on youtube and what's the other michelle say it vimeo 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 well y'all that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the life support podcast brian Kahatsu, thanks so much for being with us today thank you guys for having me i appreciate it this was fun it's been great i'm june colson remember jesus and june bug loves you and michelle van dusen tell them goodbye goodbye and thank